Welcome to the Biz and Life Done Well podcast, where we explore what it means and what it takes to do business and life well. I'm your host, Peter Wilson. If you're like me, you're intrigued by stories of common people who have achieved uncommon success in business and life. Join me as I interview fascinating people about how they got started, their successes and failures, their habits and routines, and what inspires them. Today, my guest is John Hughes. He is an author and the owner of New Talent. John, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Peter. Appreciate that. Looking forward to the discussion. Just to get started, why don't you just tell us a little about you? So the, the whirlwind life tour, see if we can do this in 30 seconds. <laughs> I was born in Aspen, Colorado, okay. um, early 60s, but grew up in Ohio um, from about age five on. Okay. Um, went to school in Ohio. Most of my career it, uh, was in Columbus, Ohio. Um, grew up in Western Ohio. Moved to Seattle area in 2005. I'm sorry, 2003. And my career's been in information technology, software developer early on. Just worked my way up to the executive level, so CIO for a company in um, in the Seattle area. Mm-hmm. And launched my own independent consulting business in 2005. And we could probably unpack that in a little bit as well. Sure. You grew up in Ohio, you said around Columbus? I grew up in western Ohio near Dayton. Oh. But my career, my okay. business career... Yeah. Was in Columbus, Ohio. Okay. Did I tell you I used to work for Reynolds and Reynolds? In Dayton. In no, Dayton. I, didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, Dayton, Ohio. Go Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was, uh, we had a startup in 2000, or sorry, 94, sold it to Reynolds and Reynolds in 95, and then I worked for them for about nine years. So, okay. Yeah, neat. Okay. Yeah, neat well, area. well-known company in Dayton. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a neat, neat part of the country as well. So what took you out to uh, Seattle? I was working for a company at the time called Sendent. And Sendent is one of those companies that no one, very few people have ever heard of. But at the time, they've since split up into three different businesses. At the time, we owned um, about 20 brands across the U.S. and more around the world. I think it reached about a $20 billion uh, annual revenue at, mm-hmm. at one point. But we owned... Avis and Budget Rent-A-Car and some hotel brands. And, oh, yes. And, I, I remember Sendent. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And cheap tickets. And yep. um, we own uh, Trend West Resorts okay. locally and, and yeah. like I said, about 20 other, Got it. 20 other brands. So, yeah, I do remember Sendent. So what were you doing with Sendent? So with Sendent, I joined a, uh, I even forget the name of the company now, that was in Connecticut. Okay. Um, as a director of business intelligence, which is on the IT side and mm-hmm. analytics and reporting. And uh, that was in June of 2000. I got my 20,000 shares of, um, you know, company stock, yeah. uh, you know, the dot-com, yeah. the exciting stuff. Yeah. And literally within two months, it was worth nothing and everything <laughs> fell apart. And <laughs> we're all looking around at each other, wondering if we'll have a job. Yeah. And what they did there was they took our IT group in information technology group in um, Columbus, Ohio. We were in, actually in Dublin, Ohio, mm-hmm. and made us por- part of corporate IT. So I had the most fun I've ever had working for a company. 
which was I got to fly around working with uh, some of our different brands, Avis, Rent-A-Car, mm-hmm. um, doing project assessments, and we were turning around failed information technology projects. Did some um, due diligence when we were looking at acquiring companies. Mm-hmm. So when we bought uh, Budget Rent-A-Car, yeah. I led the uh, software assessment um, on that, on the, yeah. the due diligence on that. Yeah. So I literally was flying around New York, New Jersey, um, I was just all over the place, wow. just having having the time of my life. My family wasn't too thrilled, <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, having the time of my life on the from a career perspective. Interesting, interesting. And then you said you launched your firm uh, in when did you launch your firm again? At the beginning of two thousand five. Okay. Why did you do that? Always wanted to, and mm-hmm. the name of that firm, if you will. It was really mm-hmm. just, it was just me, independent consultant. And yeah. I'd been wanting to do that for about five years. And I bought the, the URL.com growthwave.com in 2000. Okay. Laid out a business model. I'd never been a CIO. Mm-hmm. Um, but a, the model for Growthwave was I would do interim CIO work, go company to company and um, do information technology turnarounds. Mm. And okay. that was my vision in, t- in the year 2000. Wow. Bought the URL. And it's just like, it, it's interesting that when you put, literally when you put that out there and I bought the URL, yeah. I didn't do anything with the with the website though at the time, Yeah, um, but bought the URL, laid out the business model and just, and just kind of like, okay, there it is. Mm-hmm. Then I became an interim CIO within one of the brands at Sendent that became their CIO. Okay. And that's what brought um, my family out here. I got it. Okay. But I knew at the time that CIO job would go to Orlando, Florida, because we were merging two right. sister companies. Yeah. And there is no way I'm leaving the Pacific Northwest for the, uh, yeah, as, war- as warm and nice as uh, Florida, Orlando, Florida is. Right. Um, I, I stayed and I'm like, I, I'm going to go do this. Yeah. I have an opportunity yeah. to, you know, polish off that business model that I put together mm-hmm. and then just just go out on my own and see if I can do this thing. What was that like starting your own firm? It's, you know, day one is exciting. It's like, hey, I have my own thing. I have my own business. This is going to be exciting. Day two is like, oh my goodness, I have to create income. Yeah. Right. And and I'm not getting that check anymore from the company. No one's, you know, within a company, especially when you're in the information technology group, someone else is doing sales and service delivery. And, you know, we're just making sure the software and you know, um, internet access is there and the mm-hmm. network's running and word and all that is working. Uh, everything, when you're a business owner, everything falls on you. Mm-hmm. And you don't really have that reality until you, you know, cut your paycheck off and yeah. you you step out on your own. Yeah, I, I will say I got lucky my first year. I got an interim CIO opportunity for a well-known Mm-hmm. Um, retail company okay. in Seattle and, and across the U.S. And I thought, man, this is going to be easy. Mm. It's just people are just going to start calling. So year one was actually really good. Okay. Year two, literally nothing. I mean, I almost made no money my second year. Yeah. And that's when you know, you just you, you hit the wall and you say, what am I going to do? Mm. And the, the thing, though, is, is I didn't want a job. I was right. done working for companies. Yeah. And so you're faced with this thing, what do you want and how bad do you want it? And that's when I had to figure out, I do want this bad, but I still I have to figure out how introverted, shy John mm-hmm. is going to quote unquote sell. Right. How am I going to 
create income and develop a business, especially in a town where I've only been here a couple of years. Right. And um, I'd worked for one company. I didn't have much of a network. Right. And so I was starting from um, ground zero, basic. How did you figure it out? What was your secret? Um, the first thing to figure out is, it. I mean, literally is acknowledging that, well, first of all, acknowledging that I really do want this. I want to be out on my own. I, I want to have my own business and I want to... Um, you know, be my own boss, right? And you know, be you know, create my own destiny, if you will. Yeah. And but the next step was, is, okay, how do I get there? And um, that you know, that was the struggle. I thought the phone would just ring once mm-hmm. I you know told a couple people, right? And that just doesn't happen. In fact, the phone really has never rung. There, it, <laughs> business just doesn't work that way. Right. Right. Work that way anymore. Yeah. Um, I, I did get introduced to a business coach at the time, mm-hmm. and. Um, she hit me upside the head with some reality, okay. And because I wanted to write, and um, as I as I say in in this book, um, you know, I, I told her I want to write, and I'm going to write a book, and then I'm going to use that to market my business. And mm-hmm. she literally said, "No, you're not." <laughs> and I'm I, I was mad at her. I'm like, I want to <laughs> write, so I'm gonna I'm gonna write this book. And she right. goes, "No, you, 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 that's not how you develop business. You, right. You've you've got to network. You've got to meet people face to face. You've yeah. got to." And and so that's what it was. I, got I, it. I said, I, "I've got to trust this person. She yeah. she knows what she's talking about." And so that's what I did. I just I went on a kind of a networking frenzy, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, trying different networking groups and meeting people face to face. Yeah. And 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 then. I mean, it's still not that easy, right? Because you have to mm-hmm. be able to explain to somebody what it is that you do, sure, right? And yeah. how, what, in in terms of the types of opportunities that you want, they have to be able to recognize them for you. Yeah. And so I had to. I mean, it's just a whole new world. It's a black box before. Right. It is a whole new world to figure out how you create, um, how you build basically a, a a business that's in a sense self-sustaining. Right. And you've got to figure that out and do it yourself. And no one's going to do it for you. Yeah. There isn't a single when you're doing this on your own. There isn't right. a single soul that cares about it as much as you do. Right. They yeah. might care. Yeah. But you know what? They've got their own stuff that they're exactly. dealing with. So you're an author. How many books have you written? So f- this is my second. Just published the second one. Okay. Give us the title um, and the subtitle. And sure. All that. So. This is uh, my second book that I just uh, wrote and self-published um, three or four weeks ago called Unselling. Okay. And there's, um, um, you know, uh, th- there's a concept behind unselling. Mm-hmm. So the subtitle to Unselling is The Independent Consultant's Guide to Trusting God for More Business, Faith, and Life. Right. When I first started uh, scratching out this book, um, I wanted to call it Begging for More. Okay. It, because it fits. Begging yeah. for more business. Yeah. Begging for more faith and begging sure. for more life. Sure. And but a couple of people that I trusted I, I use the word unselling in the manuscript of the book. Mm-hmm. And these two people do not know each other. Mm. And they both said that's the name of the book. Got it. And I trusted them on that. Although I still love begging for more. And right. The, you and I and yeah. other business owners that have oh, started yeah. their own thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean we cringe just <laughs> We're having that stomach pain yeah. right now. So. Yeah. So this was just published uh, October first. It hit. Um, I I got it out on um, uh, Amazon.com. Okay. And so there's the the Kindle version of it. There's the paperback version. Mm-hmm. And um, lucked into an opportunity to have it in audio oh. book. So it's going to be 
It's supposed to be Great. audiobook is supposed to be available on our December twenty fifth, so Christmas okay. Day. It'd be a nice Great. Christmas gift. Awesome. And it's also Great. on BarnesandNoble.com, so it's yeah um, available through through those outlets. Great. We'll have links uh, for the book. Uh, both books in the um, show notes okay. as well, so okay. folks can find that. So, how long did it take you to actually write this book? <laughs> oh, l- l- let me count the years. Um, and it, it's interesting that you know, people when people look at a book, you know, it's 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 like, oh, that must not have taken very long, mm-hmm. or you know, if, if if I were to sit down and just like work full time, yeah, it probably took three or four months to write the book. Okay. But it took about five years to write the book. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. And you, you've got life, and you've got business, and everything. Everything else that's kind of um, that's going on as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first book was the same. So that one, I drafted it three times. Okay. Not I, sh- I shouldn't say drafted. I sorry, outlined it three times, and I couldn't. I couldn't get it started because I was trying to write a normal business, a normal yeah. textbook type business book, sure. really boring, dry, you know, drying and boring, yeah. boring and dry. Yeah, yeah. And um, w- and the, the first book was written in story format or fable format, if you will. And it, once I realized I could write dialogue, yeah, that book literally wrote itself. Oh, and so that one okay. I wrote start to finish in about nine months, mm-hmm. and it takes you know a few months to publish. Yeah, this one. You know, start to finish, literally took about you know four or five years. It really did yeah. because I just, I just struggled with it. I struggled. Mm-hmm. I had thirty. As I told, um, I used a writing coach. As I told the writing coach, I've got thirty thousand words, but it's just in a pile on the table, <laughs> and I do not know how to tease this out and make something. Right. Um, you know, yeah. make this into something. So, why did you write this book? I didn't want to write it, um, but I meet, I network all the time with tons of people, and. I had been out of my own ten or eleven years at this. Mm-hmm. At that, probably more like nine or ten years at that point in time, and I was getting the question all the time: "How do you develop business?" Okay, and I always think people look at me like, "Here's this kind of, you know, somewhat shy, introverted guy, yeah. but he's he's been interim CIO at some, you know, decent sized companies, and yeah. he always seemed to seems to be busy." Mm-hmm. And it literally, it was three people. On the same day, same Starbucks downtown Seattle because that's easy for me, right? They, sure. I, yeah. I get to sit in one Starbucks. And I had a client nearby. Yeah, and all three of them wanted to go out on their own as independent consultants, and they mm-hmm. asked me how do I, how I develop business. And after the third one, y- you end up with this thing on the inside that says you have to write the book. Right. So that's why I wrote it is self responsibility that says, okay, John, you have to write this book. Yeah. And what's interesting though is it's 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 not. A a book about how an introvert develops a business, right? It's, sure. It became so much more than that because mm. it's 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 kind of a it's a hard book to describe, but there are definitely strategies around um, you know developing business as an independent consultant. But at the same time, that period that I've been out of my own since 2005 was as much a faith journey as anything else. Mm-hmm. And I ended up with this as I had all these thirty thousand words. I was I was at this crossroads of, is this just going to be a business book where I share my strategies right. and my and my thoughts and perspectives on sales and marketing and networking and all and all these mm-hmm. those other concepts. kind of an advice book for these people exactly. that came to you? Yeah. And it, is is it just an advice book? And as I thought about that, 
I, I never would have survived that if it wasn't for God and, mm-hmm. and my faith. I truly would not have. Right. And it felt like it would have been a betrayal if mm. I didn't. So the acknowledgement right. is to, right. to God and his son. Yeah. And the, the, the book is, is infused with um, faith as well. Mm-hmm. So there's this kind of commingling of a little bit of my journey, lessons learned, failures that I yeah. um, experienced, um, but the successes as well, mm-hmm. and then some of the strategies that I look back and allowed me to develop business as, as I say, this shy, introverted, yeah, you know, um, individual trying to survive on his own. So you mentioned um, successes and, and failures. Is there is there one story in the book that just really kind of encapsulates or illustrates? Uh, you know, is there one that was just a a little more meaningful. Yeah, there there are really two stories. And I'll, I'll share one yeah. if we get in. You, you're already, welcome to share two. Okay. Um, as you ask that question, yeah, there are there are other stories, but the one was with with uh, my business coach. Okay. Back in, I used her for a few months back in probably 2007 ish. Yeah. I was in my business two years, okay. and um, I tell her still today because we're we're good friends today. If I had used her my first year, I would have saved a lot of time. And money and aggravation. Yeah, but I was two years in and wasted a lot of money on basically a lot of it went into building a website. Yeah, that just wasn't effective for the type of business right. that I had. Mm-hmm. But it, but I, I it, in the book it's about a little page, maybe a little over a page of that first dialogue that uh, that Lenora and I had. Uh-huh. And it, it literally was. She said, "So tell me how you develop business." And mm. I said, "Well, that's why I'm here." one thing I want to do is write a book. And that's when she literally said, no, you're not. And mm. so we had this, I was I was angry, right? Because mm. I really wanted to write a book, but it was more about, I, I'm, I'm more of a mental person. Yeah. I'm not this outgoing person, sure. you know, I'm not a networker. Yeah. And I wanted to sit behind my desk and write and write processes and write articles and, and think I can create all of this, you know, paper and and you know marketing things yeah. as an independent consultant and yeah. put them out into the world yeah. and people would just you know follow with themselves calling me or emailing yeah. me and it, it it doesn't happen and she knew that so yeah. that that story is so meaningful to me because mm. she's the one that really got through to me that said you know what John if this is what you really want it's you've got to meet people face to face you've got to get to know people yeah. you've got to contribute to the this this network of, of independent consultants and and service delivery and you you've you've got to be out there mm. um, and you've yeah. got to get out from behind your desk so that's that's of all the stories that's probably the most meaningful yeah she's the one that was able to get through to me and and I really try to come out strong in the book as mm. well mm. Um, in telling that story that's great advice so what and the other story mm-hmm. so the other story um, gentleman that lives here in Edmonds okay uh, his name's Ron mm-hmm and I've known Ron for a good 10 years or so. And Ron, anybody that knows Ron, he's one of the most generous people you'd, you'd ever want to know. Mm. And I started a, a few years into my consulting business, I started a, I love leadership development. Okay. So I wanted to start a leadership development um, group for up and coming information technology leaders. Yeah. Um, but I was having s- trouble marketing it. I'd created it and all, you know, Sit mm-hmm. behind my desk, and I can write all sure. types of, of uh, all the 
all the paperwork they'd go through. Right. And I've, I had all of the back office type things. Yeah. Set, the mar- everything was set to go. Okay. But, you know, nobody was knocking on my door. And I got introduced to Ron. I said, hey, I'm, he asked me how I could help, how he could help me. And I said, well, I'm starting this um, networking or this um, leadership development group for IT leaders. Mm. And I said, I'm, you know, struggling a bit, you know, trying to get the word out. He literally picked up his phone and started mm. calling people right then and there. <laughs> And he was calling HR leaders because he knew that they they connected and they would know yeah. if anybody in, in their group. So he, yeah. I'm sitting across from him at a um, at a Starbucks in um, I think Madison Park, and he's calling people right in front of me. And mm. I'm, and, and I, I don't know this gentleman. I'd never met him before. <laughs> and he goes he he says I'm sitting across from my good friend John, you know, talking to this HR person, and he's starting this type of group, and just wondering if you have anybody in your IT group that would be interested yeah. in being a part of this. Oh, really? Well, I'll, I'll connect you and John. He did that three times wow. while I'm sitting there, and I was, you know, you really understand the the, the concept of humility, yeah, um, in a good way, right? I was, yeah. I was so humble, but I was yeah. honored at the same time that yeah. this person would, in a sense, really go to bat for me. Wow, with uh, with people in his network, mm. and you could see that. All three of them responded yes. Yeah, you could see the trust that they had right. in him that he'd right. be willing to introduce me. Right, so right. you just saw all this stuff kind of come together. Mm. And so I talk, I tell that story in there, and I label that one as the way it's supposed to be done. Mm. Right, this this giving of trust and giving of ourselves. And sure, there was, there was nothing in it at all for Ron. Right, except helping John and maybe helping some people at his at his clients. Right. Wow, that's a great story. You're you're now kind of in a different place in your career, right? Or what you're doing? Oh so yeah. Why don't you yeah. talk about kind of how you ended up where you're at now and what you're doing now? Yeah, it's it's. I mean, just you know, f- you know, fourteen, fifteen years later. Um, I guess it's fourteen years later. You just you, you just don't know what right you're going to go through and and what you're going to learn from it and and mm-hmm. where you'll be at a certain point in time. So fourteen years ago. Now I have uh, I do executive technology search, so companies hire us to help them hire CIOs and CTOs and other IT leaders. Okay. Never in my wildest dreams would have thought I'd be doing I'd have an executive search firm. It's just not who I was. Hmm. Um, the, the the journey itself, though, was first of all, you think you go into bit one, you just like we want to own our own business, right? That's what yeah. I want, and and you kind of think it's about making money. Right, yeah. it's about yeah. th- this, you know, being an independent, and it's it's my own thing, and I own this, and y- there's some, you know, maybe some ego status sure. that goes with that, definitely. B- but it becomes a an extremely humiliating process, mm. and you learn more about yourself, I think, than you ever would inside of a company, because mm-hmm. again, it's it literally is all on you. It's a make or break. You've got right. you know, kids in school, kids that want to go to college, yep. and you're looking at yourself, and your income plummets, mm. um, yeah. you know, from an executive salary to um, um, something I'll just say something less than executives. <laughs> um, but yet on the inside, it's like it, it really continued to feel like I was supposed to be doing this, hmm. and, th- and that there was something I'm supposed to be learning out of this. Right. And 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 so you stick with it, right? So every I mean, I would wake up. I was probably three or four years that this went. I'd wake up at three about three thirty in the morning, ready to quit. Mm. Right, and I just, I just wanted to quit. I just didn't, right. I did not want to go through this anymore. It just seemed easier to go get a job and just suck it up and do the, 
you know, they do the uh, 40 to 50 hours a week and just, right. just kind of ride life out that Sell way. Sell your soul. I mean, that's exactly what it felt like. Yeah. But I, that first step out of bed in the morning, it's like, you know what, I'll, I'll give it another day. And you just, every day you just keep doing that. Mm-hmm. And um, it, so it's, like I said, it's just, it's hard to see when, when you're going down a path or you're about to head into a journey, um, what it's going to be like in the middle of it mm-hmm. and what you're going to, what, what it's going to be like on the other side of it. I, yeah. I guess I would say I love that part of it, right? Um, a lot of times working in corporate America, which I did for 20 some years, a lot of times it's pretty predictable, right? Mm-hmm. You know what it's going to look like and you kind of know where it's headed and you know what the yeah. end of the story looks like. Yeah. Doing something on your own, I mean, it's, you, you, you don't know where you're going to end up. You don't know who you're going to meet. You don't know the right. impact you're going to have. Mm-hmm. It's it's way more open than it is working inside corpor- right. uh, you know a corporation. And I, I I love that I'm a I'm a learner. Mm-hmm. So one of my if you know strengths finders, one of my strengths finders is I'm a I'm an extreme learner. So I don't mind taking risks. Right. So I'm a risk taker and, mm-hmm. and I'm a learner. And uh, I, I yeah I love that aspect of um, of what that journey was like. What does business done well mean to you? Um, the first word that comes to my mind is authenticity. Mm. And that's what I cared more about than anything else mm-hmm. is. And, and I, I touch on it in, in unselling. It's, you know, what I talk about in unselling and the strategies I say work for me, mm-hmm. they work for me because they're, they're an extension of who I am. Mm-hmm. I develop business John's way. Because right. I'm comfortable with it, I can sleep right. at night. I feel comfortable with it. Um, I give of myself because I'm. I it's just I'm passionate about helping other people and lifting mm-hmm. other people up. So business done well for me is all about authenticity. Right. And are we being who we truly are mm-hmm. um, in the way that we handle ourselves in business mm. on a daily basis, whether we're you know um, working directly with a client or you know maybe right. working on some back office functions. Right. It's it's just not about the money. I've mm-hmm. I've never and I needed to create income, right? I've got bills to pay and mortgage and all right. that. But it was never about that. Mm-hmm. And I knew the moment I made it about that, I'd I'd be perpendicular to who I was, who I was created right. to be and, and my core values. Right. And on the one hand it's it's kinda like I mean th- this is where tr- trust and that, that our faith really comes into play, which is I'm not going to worry about the income side, right? Because we mm-hmm. have a provider. Sure. And it's it's hard, right? It's hard to say we've got a provider, and I trust in that provider, and right. he will prov- he will provide for us, right? It can be hard to rely on that, and that's one of the things I learned over the last you know these 14 years of being in you know being having my own independent consulting yeah. business, and that is the first three or four years I was. It was John. John's mm. going to do this. John's going to do it this way. Yeah, and it just it wasn't working. It was just really slow. Mm. Um, and kind of mentally and emotionally quit three times. Okay, and started even talking to people about, hey, who do you hear is hiring? Right. Literally all three times, um, the same person. Uh, he had his own consulting business. Called me with an opportunity to to work as a consultant in his through his consulting business. Okay. And the first time I'm like, great, thanks, cash mm-hmm. flow. Second time I'm like, great, thanks, cash flow, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. The third time, same person called with an opportunity. I'm like, okay, God, I get it. You you want me here. Mm. 
I absolutely believe it, and I'm going right. to trust it, and I'm not, I'm not going to worry another day right. about when the next opportunity is coming. And I right. didn't. I mean, literally, it was just like I got to flip that switch, mm. and I just absolutely trusted. Mm. And it, 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 yeah, I guess when we're, I just believe when we're faithful. Yeah, he's always faithful, but we need to be faithful too. <laughs> right. We we need to, and I talk a lot about promises in mm-hmm. unselling, mm-hmm. and he has. You know, I I don't know what you've heard, but I've heard at least several hundred promises in the Bible, and mm. I'm a fan of pick one. Yeah, pick one that's speaking to you and hold right. on to it. Right. And um, there are some verses that that I have just held on to, mm. and promises, and it's it's not like I say, okay, prove it, God. Right. It, it, it's that's not the dialogue. Yeah. The dialogue. Maybe it used to be, but the dialogue anymore is, okay. You know, it's going to happen. I'm just going to hold on to this, and you'll make it happen when you're ready. Any verses in particular that you want to share with us? Jeremiah 29:11 is is one of the big ones that um, that stuck with me. At the front of chapter one is Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And I just that Mm. is literally the one, one of the primary ones that I um, that I held on to. Um, and then you know throughout, not just the beginning, but e- but throughout the uh, the chapters, I'll, I'll bring in a verse hmm. that is germane to uh, to the topic at hand. You know how we read the Bible; we read it often. We mm. will even see the same verse yeah. dozens, if not hundreds, of times, right? And they just they say, "Yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever." Yeah. Um, Galatians five one. One day I woke up, and I don't know when it was that that I that I read it, and. I, I think I read it for what it was for the first time, and I was just I was blown away. So Galatians five one is it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Hmm. And th- th- I mean he. And then there's another verse in in John talking about abundant life. Right. Mm-hmm. He wants this for us. Yeah. I mean he yeah. he wants this. He wants us to understand what freedom truly is. Mm. And what it means to be, um, you know, to, to what it means to have an abundant life, yeah, from his perspective, yeah. And so, unselling is a lot about that. It's, it's, it was at the beginning of it. I, I, I talk about you know the difference between believing in God and believing God, and for me, there's a huge difference. Mm. I definitely believe in God. I gave my life to Christ in 1981, mm-hmm. and my faith has always gotten stronger. But mm-hmm. it was just believing and a lot of going through the motions. Yeah, but. I'm going to say it was believing in, right? He, yes. he exists and he's there. Yeah. Versus believing, which yes. is grasping one of his promises and saying, right. "Yeah, I believe you. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to I'm going to trust mm-hmm. uh, trust in you. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding anymore." Mm. It's not. I'm not saying it's easy. It's very difficult to do. But when, and this is what I went through the last 14 years, when you're when you want to be out doing creating your own thing and it's not going well your way. Mm-hmm. And yet you want to be there, and you have this faith in God. At some point, you go, you know what? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not working with me, so I'm gonna I'm gonna completely yield and yeah, um, listen to you, and I'm I'm gonna be faithful and trust. If I give you a reset button, and you could take the last 14 years of what you've been doing, um, is there anything else you know you would do differently? When I first started out in 2005 with Growth Wave, I really wanted it to be um, a boutique consulting firm. Okay. I wanted a handful of 
Because I don't, I don't want anything big, right? Yeah. I, I would never want to build a you know a national consulting firm. That's yeah. never. It's not who I am. It's not what I would want. Yeah. But I did want this small firm of you know three or four interim CIOs and some project managers mm-hmm. and some business analysts because we could, I know we could do awesome things. Yeah. The problem was everybody always wanted to hire me, right? Versus I would I didn't have that ability to talk about the firm or growth wave. Right. It, I only ever talked in terms of what I could do. Yeah. And so I limited my, you know, the, the, the size of my firm. Sure. Right. Yeah. Just by doing the to, to, to one. And when I finally realized that I was doing that, I, I just surrendered it and said, yeah, I'm okay with this. But that's one mm-hmm. thing I, knowing what I know now and yeah. maybe, maybe having the experience and maybe abilities to do that now, mm-hmm. I might, if I got to start over, do a reset, I might take a run at, at creating that small, you know, small boutique consulting firm versus mm. just John. What do you do outside of uh, the business side of things? It's hard to separate my business. So a lot of what I do is business. It doesn't mean I'm working. Um, I'm not a workaholic. I don't work Mm-hmm. All the time, but but it, it's it's such a piece of who I am, especially when you know writing books. Yeah. So I get requests to talk often and meet, and people want to just ask me questions about my experience. So I do a lot of networking around um, around the book and how I built my business. So business and then writing. I've yeah. done my two business books, now and I've, I'm deep. Hopefully, I'll have my first novel, which is a uh, a western. Um, published next spring. Oh, wow. And I call it a, it's an emotional drama set in the Old West, slight historical fiction, slight mystery. Okay. So there's a lot, there's cool. a lot going on there. Cool. Um, so yeah, it's been so fun to be able to just write pure fiction. Hmm. And, um, uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm four drafts into it. So this is ho- hopefully next spring. I've got, you know, I remarried recently and so love my wife, Jill. We, mm-hmm. Um, she's from Vancouver. Okay. Um, so yep. she grew up in Vancouver. And so that's yep. where we are. I'm now in Vancouver, actually Got Ridgefield. It. Yeah. And we bought a small. That's, that's Vancouver, USA. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Is there another Vancouver? I didn't think there was. Yeah. Right? We should just all assume Vancouver, Washington. Yeah. Well, I love the big sign when you drive into Vancouver. It's Vancouver, USA. <laughs> Vancouver, USA. Yeah. And, I grew up there, by the way. So. Yeah. Um, and so we bought, um, a year ago, we bought a small farm. Really small, two and a half acres. Yeah. Um, you know, previously was a, you know cattle farm and was downsized, and the barn was um, changed a bit. It's now uh, to be a horse farm. Hmm. So, okay. and we did that because Jill's daughter, who is she's nineteen now, has a horse, and she's starting to board horses as well. Oh, so cool. we have our second horse on the property, hmm. and just I, I love space. I um, um, did a three thousand foot square foot garden this year Ooh. just broke new ground nice um just planted everything you could think yeah. of under the sun and we got a ton of everything and wasted way too much mm. um so I, I do love being outside and gardening um gardening from a vegetable perspective i'm not a flower guy mm. mm-hmm. um so yeah the the business the writing um doing things with family i have three three grown kids in their 20s they're all in okay. They live in Portland, so mm. uh, somewhat nearby. Uh, Jill has three kids as well, so we're pretty we're pretty active um, with all of with all of that. Um, I had some interesting uh, other interesting experiences. Um, so there's this. Um, I don't know if you've heard of HSP or highly sensitive person. Mm, no. 
So it's um, Dr. Um, Elaine Aaron developed this concept out of Jungian theory that there's this trait about around high sensitivity. Mm-hmm. And um, I never would have put myself there, mm-hmm. but one of the young gentlemen that worked for me, you know, 15, 16 years ago, gave me her book and literally said, here, this is you. Wow. And I was kind of a bit taken aback. Yeah. But I read it and I understood it. And there are there okay. are you know d- deep thinkers, mm-hmm. um, high empathy. Mm-hmm. So these aspects of the HSP that are just very real and kind and kind of stand out. Mm-hmm. And so I followed Dr. Aaron on her newsletter for a while. And then a, three years ago or so, three or four years ago, she put out this newsletter that said they're going to do a film like a documentary. Yeah. Of HSP, and I've always wanted to do a film. Mm-hmm. And so I immediately responded and say, "Hey, I can carry water. I'll do anything." And she's in um, San Francisco area. Okay. And so are the the, the producer, or the filmmaker there too. And volunteered myself. Next thing I know, I'm I'm wrangled into being in it. So <laughs> um, okay. So there there is, there is a. Um, I still think it's a it's it's hard for me to watch, but yeah, as I say, I did it for science. Right, okay. and um, it's actually a sure. very well done uh-huh. documentary, and they're actually doing more aspects of HSP. That was just hitting all the highlights. What's the, what's the documentary called? So the documentary is called um, "Oh Sensitive: okay. The Untold Story." Okay, and I believe it's I don't know if it's on Amazon, Netflix. I'm not sure where it is. Huh. I've just I've seen the DVD. Okay, obviously, it was it was fun to be a part of. It was an mm-hmm. interesting process. Um, I got to know Dr. Aaron, the filmmaker, mm-hmm. uh, and, and the other producers. Um, they filmed me. You know, they, we ran around all around Seattle one day, filming me yeah. on the tram and walking down the street. Mm-hmm. And I think it's Highland Park where he has a, just where we have just a beautiful view of um, the Space Needle, and that's where they did that filming. Okay, and my. So in 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 this film, what they do is it's again at a really high level, kind of describing high sensitivity, mm-hmm. and they hit you know all the different aspects of it from um, relationships and children, mm-hmm. and then they hit my part was actually on business and leadership. Oh, okay. And they went they interviewed people throughout the world, both doctors and and individuals, and so it's a very well done film. Cool. Um, just one of those things that mm. interesting to be a part of. Yeah. And today. I still get emails, uh, LinkedIn messages from people literally from around the world thanking me for being a part of that film because they identified with um, usually men, but a lot of times, you know, it's women as well. So identifying with high sensitivity and what I talked about, because I did talk about, I crafted my own life. Yeah. Because my, you know, high sensitivity a lot of us are creative mm-hmm. and we have a hard time in the confines of a company. Yeah. And so we need to be out on our own. Yeah. And a lot of people though struggle to mm. find their way in the world mm. and be able to, to yeah. create an income. So what I talked about was, you know, creating my own business in, in my way. Yeah. And, you know, being successful, writing the book and then being successful mm-hmm. with it. So it's just, the, it's just one of those aspects of, of my Self that very few people know yeah, about. Yeah, I, I had no idea. Yeah. Um, I've, you know, I've I've spoken on it. Um, I you know, occasionally get asked to speak on it, but it's yeah. it's fun to get messages from people throughout the world. Yeah. And I've done little you know Skype calls with people, and we just we just sit and chat. Mm-hmm. Which 
the people that know me know this about me. They can call me anytime, mm-hmm. have a phone call, meet for a coffee. And the, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a coach at heart, mm. which is why I write these books, wrote yeah. the, you know, my first book, Haunting yeah. the CEO and then Unselling. It's my way of sharing and teaching and, and giving. Mm-hmm. And I do that whether it's with business or with these books mm-hmm. or um, with um, the you know, high sensitivity. Yeah. I just like open myself up and you know, all the good, the bad, the ugly, the indifferent. That's, that's pretty gutsy. It's um, yeah. <laughs> it I don't is. think I would do that. It, it I, is. I don't think I've got the guts to to go there. But, I, but I'm, I'm glad that they're that you're here to the, do the, that. The, the, there are there are those of us out there just willing to kind of display our right. You know, yeah, our our internal organs and in, lives in, and in the name of science. In the name of science and in yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's really in the name of. So, so when 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 it's like people identify with it. It's like, oh my gosh, that's me. Mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah. And there are people literally that think, you know, this this HSP, that there's something wrong with them. And mm-hmm. I, did, I did a talk to a small um, group um, a few weeks ago in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And when I made the comment, like, you're not broken. Yeah. There was a lady there that was just like, really? Hmm. And she, you know, she talked about, I think it was afterwards, like, here and I chatted. Yeah. And, and it was her, you know, some of the relationships she had, they pointed mm-hmm. at her and said, you know, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. No, there's not. This is an, this is an innate trait mm-hmm. and there's something very special about you. Mm-hmm. We just, it's just hard for us to find our way in the world. And so if I can embarrass myself yeah. in a film yeah. and, but yet give, um, you know, give, give a name and help people understand more about themselves mm-hmm. and, help them find their way in the world better. Yeah. That's that's what I, I don't mind embarrassing wow. myself to go down wow. that path. What was the title of the first book and what was that about? Sure, Haunting the CEO. Okay. And it, it yeah, it sounds like a ghost story, yeah, yeah. but it's not. There's okay. a there's a story behind Haunting the CEO and that is written in story format. Okay. So it's the story of a CIO, a chief information officer, who's struggling, mm-hmm. and he's been fired a couple times, and he feels mm-hmm. he's about to get fired again. Mm-hmm. A company brings in a new CEO, and he's cleaning house. Yeah. But instead, the the CEO sees some hope for this character, mm-hmm. uh, this CIO, and he introduces him to a mentor. Oh. And okay. the, the mentor helps him understand what it means to be a true leader. Mm-hmm. And so... Brian is the the CIO character. Okay, and so he goes from this mental transformation of of failing as an executive or a CIO to understanding what it means to be to be a true leader. So mm-hmm. even though it's written, it's not a technology book, but it's written. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the main character is a CIO, but at its core, it's a leadership book. Mm-hmm. It's, it's you know a lot of my leadership principles, and mm-hmm. I kind of, if you will, bring them to life um, in story format. Yeah. Great. We'll have links to that uh, as well. So we've talked about books. What books inspire you? Obviously, we've talked about the Bible, but what uh, what other books uh, inspire you? Other books inspire me. So at the back of Unselling, yeah, I list um, a couple pages of um, of further reading. Yeah, um, and I'm, I need to scan it. So I have my business books that are that have been really important to me, and I'm I'm going to guess you know these books. So go um, ahead. 
uh, the e-myth. Yes. Yeah. The second time somebody's mentioned the e-myth on our podcast. Okay. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's just, you know, when I first read it, it's probably been 20 years, I don't know, close to it. It's it's just an interesting, powerful book. Mm. Really simple, but but yet really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the e-myth, um, the five dysfunctions of a team. Okay. Um, the Lencioni book. Yeah. Um, Good to Great. Yeah. It's actually you know, we're almost at the top, which is a phenomenal book on, on leadership and getting into the yeah. somewhat science of leadership. So Patrick Lencioni, uh, Five Dysfunctions of a Team, he also did, what, The Ultimate Team Player? That one I don't know. Okay, okay. Yeah, he did Getting Naked. Um, he's got, and he writes a lot of his books in fable format yeah. or story format as well. Yeah. And then one that not many people have heard of, unless you're in manufacturing, is The Goal. Okay. And... So yeah. I actually patterned my book, Haunting the CEO, after the goal. Okay. So the goal is probably 30-plus years old, mm-hmm. but the, and it's written in story format. But the core of the goal is um, about continuous improvement. What's the biggest blocking factor you have yeah. in your business? Mm-hmm. Address that. Yeah. Now what's the next one, and what's the next one? And what I, what I, what I like about that is it's not just a business concept, right? It's, right. you know— yeah. It, it could be personal, business, whatever. So yeah. the, the concept of um, he calls it theory of constraints, mm-hmm. but it's 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 about um, business improvement. Hmm. Um, I'll have to check that out. Um, and I'm, I'm yeah I'm skipping through. Um, so from a writing perspective, again I love writing Bird by Bird and Lamott for those writers yeah. are out there. Yeah, and on writing by Stephen King, which I'm reading through yeah. again or skimming through it anyway. I'm not a fan of Stephen King's writing by any stretch of the imagination. Right. It's just not my thing. Mm-hmm. But his book on writing is just really, really good mm-hmm. um, for for those that um enjoy um that enjoy writing wanna want his perspective. He does a really yeah. good job of kind of coaching the individual through writing. Um a, um the, the one that really impacted me personally, probably mostly over the last 10 years or so, is The Journey of Desire by John Eldridge, yeah. who wrote Wild at Heart. I never yep. read Wild at Heart, okay. but Journey of Desire, there's some oddities to it, but there's some absolutely powerful concepts that just mm-hmm. just hit me hard and um, and spoke to me, especially when he talked about striving and mm-hmm. striving and striving mm-hmm. and... Um, um, but anyways, yeah. So the journey of desire okay. by John Eldridge. Have to check that out. I've read his the uh, first book you mentioned, but not uh, not that one. And then the the only other one I, d- I do want to mention, but more the author than um, <clears throat> than a particular book. Yeah. Um, the author is Brene Brown, and um, she's I, the best. She's. Yeah. I, I mean, I just don't know how. You know, she's just phenomenal what she does, and not just what she does. It's all research based, yeah. And her humility and the way she handles herself is mm-hmm. just. Um, I, I think she's just a, a really authentic person. Yeah. And I've seen tons of her Google. Um, I'm sorry. I, um, you know, Instagram posts. YouTube's. Yeah. Yeah. YouTube yeah. videos of her. Yeah. Um, the the book I read, even though after I bought it, I realized it was written for women. Yeah. Um. Um, but it doesn't matter. I mean, sure. she does have a, a chapter, I think, at the end that really kind of speaks directly toward men, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. She talks deeply about about shame and vulnerability, mm. which I think is 
I, I, we, we just need more and more of that. Mm. So, by the way, that book is called I Thought It Was Just Me, but it isn't. That's the title of the book. <laughs> and I read it cover yeah. to cover. My, my, my wife, Jill, looks at it. And I've got the, the, uh, the thin li- little stickies. Yeah. There must be like Post-its. 200 of them yeah. through, throughout. Just, yeah. Why don't you just highlight the whole book? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Braving the Wilderness is mm-hmm. the most recent book that I read of hers. And she just has a new book out called uh is it dare to lead or something I, I along think it those is, lines yeah. Yeah. yeah so i think it was released like last week so yep. that would be a good one to uh pick up yep yeah that's that's some good that's some really good you've got a great lineup there um so what about your like personal productivity habits do you have any particular sort of personal productivity habits morning routines or just uh Things that you do that are you feel are really helpful. So this may surprise you. I'm not a very disciplined person. Okay. So I'm not like writing. So Stephen King will say writing is a job. You get up in the morning. Yeah. You 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 know if you want to write two thousand words a day, you get up. It's a job. You close the door. You work the job. Just as if you're hammering you know nails. Yeah. Um, constructing a house. It's a yeah. job. I, I can't view it that way. Okay. So I've got to feel right. Yeah. So you got to get inspired. Got to get yeah. a little bit inspired. Get in the groove. Yeah. You, yeah. Gotta, you, gotta, you have to kind of get in the groove. Um, and I, I, I tend to have slower mornings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I make coffee for my wife and I, I do other things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And because she, ha- she does the, the eight to five thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can tell I'm struggling <laughs> with, um, um, routines. I so my my routine. It's not even routine. It's w- what I care about is what's the most important thing I need to be doing today. What's and I I focus on on the big things. And that's that's what most productivity coaches. Oh, I didn't. I wouldn't look at days that. If you talk to Michael Hyatt or uh, you know, of course, uh, you know uh, Stephen Covey, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, Put the first things first. Yeah, you know the big rocks. Yeah, um, and um, that that is something that uh, you know just making sure that you understand what that one thing is mm-hmm. is huge. Yeah, yeah. It used to be you know you know all the little if you're getting a lot of little rocks done, you can really it feels productive. Sure, it feels like check 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 check. Yeah, and I like I I do little check boxes on my to do list, right? And I love checking boxes off. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if you if you never really understood, so I'm, I'm so I, one thing I will say in terms of that productivity, mine is the night before, even if it's in my head yeah. tomorrow. This is this is what I want to get done tomorrow. Yeah. This is my priority. Yeah. And so that when I hit, you know, when I wake up. Yeah. I, I know what my priorities are, right? Even if it's just one thing, I've, yeah. I've got to get this thing done today, mm-hmm. and nothing else is going to matter, and you know, until I get this one thing done. Right. But I'm I'm a plan the night before, mm. so I there's no doubt about it. Mm. So you have the ability to focus, though. So when I'm yeah, that, that's my thing is when when I'm going, I am absolutely focused, mm-hmm. and it's hard to get me off of that focus. Okay. So um, big thing, focus. Then other, after that, um, so those are two superpowers right there. Okay, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I guess I don't think of them. I just picture myself as you know not not quite that disciplined because yeah. I don't do the same thing the same way every day or in the same 
you know, I don't write first thing in the morning. Right. I, I might sometimes I might start at ten, sometimes I might start at four. Mm-hmm. And it's just nothing there's nothing um um rhythmic about it at all. Yeah. 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 What else do you want to tell us? Is there anything you want to share with us that we haven't really touched on or something you just want to leave us with? I think he did a great job covering everything. Um, The the one thing that's come up now yesterday, and it's come up again today in different conversations, Mm -hmm. and and that is that concept of what do you want and how bad do you want it? Yeah. And, um, And as I have that conversation with people, not everybody knows what that is. And I, I think it's important that we I'm, – I'm a huge believer that, that God mm-hmm. put something in each of us, right? And I, I mean, I, I remember from the 80s when, when I was in college that it felt like God said, you know, one of your things is going to be leadership. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what – I didn't even know what, really what leadership was at the mm-hmm. time. You mm-hmm. know, it's this kind of highfalutin word. But um, I ended up writing a book on leadership and spoken on it, and I've done leadership development. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't plan that; it just kind of happened. Yeah. And I, I think we all have that about us. So I, I'll say it another way. I was, you know, I had just met with um, uh, a friend of mine. We've known each other probably just about as long as you and I have, about a okay. year now. And he's yeah. doing his own independent consulting thing. And we're talking, talking, talking. And I ask him that question. So, what do you, what do you want to do, and mm-hmm. how bad do you want it? And he goes, "Well, I was afraid." Literally, after an hour conversation, he goes, "I was afraid to tell you this, but, you know." And he's a um, like a technology consultant, like I yeah. am. I said, "I'm doing this stuff with boats, right? Yeah. And I'm making, um, you know, canvas seats and all of it because mm-hmm. they're hard to they're hard to find and oh, they're yeah. expensive to make." And yeah. he goes, "I'm loving it." Hmm. But but it, you can see it clicking him though which i don't know how to make money at that though mm. and i said but what do you want you know wh- right. what about the quality of life and fulfillment right. and all these other things yeah so yeah. this this is just really important to me is mm-hmm. helping people understand what it is that they want because i want people to be happy and full of joy and fulfilled and know that what they were created to be and to mm-hmm. do on this earth that, yeah. that they get to experience that yeah and i do think i actually i hint at it in this book in in unselling and that is I, I think um and i'm not an expert at this by any stretch of the imagination this is just john's philosophy that there's a lot of illness mm-hmm. because w- w- a lot the people don't want to acknowledge right that that they have this thing that they want to go do mm. Um, mm. And so we kind of we kind of settle, mm. and I don't like settling. Mm-hmm. It's just never been a part of me. And, but yeah. I've taken a lot of risk, and I've, as I mentioned earlier, I don't mind embarrassing myself. Right. Um, I just love it when people know what it is that that's inside them that's never come out, mm-hmm. whether it's writing or starting a business or mm-hmm. I don't care what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and s- because I think people come to life, and we. We we truly become what God has enabled us mm. to be here on this earth. Yeah, so. that's great. Thank you, uh, thank you for joining me today. And uh, we will have links to um, you know the firm and the books and uh, contact details as well. So if anybody wants to track down John, um, links will be there. Thanks again. Thank you, Peter. Enjoy the conversation. Good. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Biz and Life Done Well with Peter Wilson. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and most of the other popular podcast platforms. Please tell your friends about us and leave us a review so even more people will find out about us. Thanks again. We'll see you soon.